Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm film scholar Noelle LaCroix, who barely shows up on the scanner and occasionally turns out to be a raccoon. <laughs> and I'm story expert loaded with fatty goodness, Lonnie Diane Rich, and we are here today to talk about The Eye in Team, the 13th episode of season four. The Eye in Team aired on February 8th, 2000 and was written by David Fury and directed by James A. Contner. And we here at Still Pretty have absolutely no respect for cultural norms, so we spoil the hell out of everything. We can talk about anything. We will spoil any element of Buffy, Angel, sometimes even the comics. So if you don't know it and you are sensitive to spoilers, you may want to go watch the whole show. Then come right back because we promise it'll be worth it. Don't worry. I've patrolled in this halter many times. So let's go on patrol. In the IN team, Willow, Xander, and Anya speculate on whether the initiative falls into the good guy camp, while Walsh tests Buffy against her commandos, and the commandos lose. Riley's proud, but Mama Walsh, not so much. Giles comes by Spike's crypt to pay him for his services and suggests that there might be a higher purpose to his chippy setback. Spike disagrees. And I don't want you crawling back here, knocking on my door, pleading for help. The second teen witch's magic goes all wonky, or little Xander cuts a new tooth. We're through. Got it? Riley brings Buffy into the initiative's underground compound, and Maggie Walsh gives her the tour, showing her the weapons and Chekhov's comm cam. Tara invites Willow to come over and do spells. But Willow says she's got plans with specific people, and she'd invite Tara, but Tara might feel out of place. Back at the initiative, Maggie Walsh enters room 314, calls a sleeping cyber Frankenstein her baby, and it's not creepy at all. Just kidding, it's super creepy. Almost time to wake up, Adam. And take your first look at the world. I know you're going to make me proud. At the bronze, Buffy shows up an hour late to the get-together with Willow, Xander, and Anya, and she brings Riley and the Commando guys, much to Willow's disappointment. Before they can hang out much, Buffy and the guys get called to the initiative to take down a Polgara demon. Walsh gives instructions to not damage the demon, and Buffy has questions. Lots of them. Walsh is not impressed. You might want to be suited up for this. Oh, you mean the camo and stuff? I thought about it, but I mean, it's going to look all Private Benjamin. Don't worry, I've patrolled in this halter many times. Willa goes back to Tara's after the busted bronze gathering, and Tara is happy to have her visit. On the patrol, Buffy worries about Walsh not liking her, but Riley wants to focus on the mission. After they take down the demon, Riley and Buffy have sex while Walsh watches on a secret video camera and EW! Meanwhile, the second team, led by a jealous forest, spots Spike and tags him with a tracer. Spike races to Giles' apartment for help. Why should I help you? Oh, because I helped you. When you turn into that fioral demon, I helped you, didn't I? And that was out of the um, evilness of your heart? Oh, hell no, I made your payment. You right bastard. Buffy wakes up in Riley's room the next day, and he's still there, so progress. <laughs> he takes his vitamins, and she asks him what 314 is, but he gets a call from Walsh and rushes off. Influenced by Buffy's questions, Riley peeks behind the door at room 314. Walsh sends Riley off on a mission and then reports in to the doctor, who is taking off the Polgara demon's arm to attach to Adam. Walsh can't even whisper creepy sweet nothings into Adam's human ear hole. She's so distracted by what a threat Buffy is. Move to the contingency scenario? Right away. It's too bad. She could have been a powerful ally. I know. Finn will take it hard. That's why sooner is better. At Giles's, Giles tries to remove the tracer from Spike's back, and Xander's military knowledge says that it's a beacon signaling their location to the initiative guys. Back at the dorm, Willow returns the next morning wearing the same clothes from the day before. Yeah! <laughs> she and Buffy have an awkward moment, but then Buffy gets beeped by the initiative. Walsh sends Buffy on a secret mission, outfitting her with a weapon and Chekhov's comm cam. Buffy, of course, has more questions. There's, um, there's still some stuff about all this that I'm not clear on. Well, when you get back, we can have a talk. Good. Okay. When I get back. 
Giles calls Willow in to do a spell and disrupt the tracer signal while he's working to get it out of Spike's back. And the spell works, interrupting the signal and borking Riley's retrieval mission. Meanwhile, Buffy's mission ends with her being trapped in the sewers with two raging demons with axes while the weapon Walsh gave her shorts out. From the initiative, Walsh watches as Buffy fights, and her comm cam, which records Buffy's heart rate, flatlines. Meanwhile, on the hunt for Spike, the signal comes rushing at Riley's team, but they can't see Spike. Xander flushed the tracer. In the sewer, Buffy continues to fight the demons, then uses the sparking weapon to electrocute them. Riley returns back to Walsh, and she reports that Buffy is dead. On the monitors behind Walsh, we see Buffy pick up the comm cam, and Riley sees her as she sends Walsh a message. Professor Walsh, that simple little recon you sent me on wasn't a raccoon. Turns out it was me trapped in the sewers with a faulty weapon and two of your pet demons. If you think that's enough to kill me, you really don't know what a slayer is. At Giles's, Giles tells Spike he should leave town. But Spike says he won't go until he makes the initiative restore him to the way he was. Buffy comes in and tells them that none of them are safe. At the initiative compound, with her evil plans thwarted, Maggie Walsh is now free to whisper sweet evil nothings into Adam's human earhole again, but only for a minute before her sweet boy gets up and skewers her through the heart. Well, first things first. Remove the complication. And when she least expects it... Ah! Wow. That's a, that's something. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's something. This, right. a, it's a lot. It's <laughs> this a episode lot. is a lot. <laughs> this episode is a lot, Noelle. It is a lot. All right. So, Noelle, tell me. Here we are at the I in team. How do you like this episode? Okay. I understand that there are a bunch of moments in this episode that had to happen for the, the <laughs> overarching. I, I love she's giggling because right. she knows where I'm going. Like for the <laughs> overarching, you know, narrative arc that we're doing over the course mm-hmm. of the season. Like all of these things had to happen. But I feel like this is a, a like this is like a four o'clock in the morning kind of episode where you're like, oh, shit. You know, we got to like throw all these elements into one episode because we got like chop chop people. We got a season to finish. Like got to make it, that plot soup, man. It's. Oh my God! It's. I mean, it is. It is a uh, a, a tangy <laughs> plot soup, but <laughs> plot soup. But it's a lot of a lot of stuff happening. But we have a lot of Maggie Walsh, though, and I know how much you love Maggie Walsh. I know, I know, and I. <sighs> there's there's some okay. <laughs> okay, this is like a big. This feels like a big twist for Maggie Walsh. And I don't just mean the like, ooh, she's evil and she's monologuing mm-hmm. the, in the basement. Like She's monologuing in the basement. She just seems very, like, this feels very sudden. This, like, mm-hmm. mad scientist evil. Like, we knew she was not on the up and up. I mean, mm-hmm. the initiative is literally underground. Like, we are literally <laughs> in hell right now. Um <laughs> It's also through the looking glass, which I find really interesting, but I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some Walsh that I like in this. And I think that it it is just my like nerdy film scholar heart just like yes. exploding with love for this person <laughs> who is very much a stand in for the director. And I don't mean uh-huh. James A. Contner, the director. I mean the director, like the overarching idea of the director mm-hmm. in film and television. Yeah. I mean, the first Walsh that we get in this episode is her voice yelling mm-hmm. lights uh-huh. because Buffy has done, they've like staged this scene essentially mm-hmm. for Buffy to, you know, show her abilities mm-hmm. to the initiative. And it's very much set up like a scene in a movie or a TV show or a uh-huh. play right. where they all mm-hmm. have their roles to play. And then here's Walsh, the director, you mm-hmm. know, calling lights. 
Mm-hmm. You know, she might as well be calling cut because yeah. Buffy has, you know, completed her task. And she's so pleased with herself over mm-hmm. just like everything that happens, bringing Buffy into the initiative. She cracks a joke. <laughs> And then she says, don't worry, it doesn't happen very often. But like, she's so, she's got all this, like, it's like this glee, this like power. I am in control. I have all of these people that I get to tell what to do. But it's done with this frame of technology, the lights, Uh the cameras, Mm -hmm. literally. You know, Mm -hmm. she's very proud of her $20,000 camera. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, which, so by have, the way, you can get that same tech at Best Buy for like fifteen ninety nine. I now. know, I know, <laughs> but also I kind of like my my heart kind of goes out because I remember like when my, you know, my very first laptop that was like, oh yeah, ridiculous, you know, and it's like a brick now, and it was thirty five hundred dollars or whatever, I and that was just an impossible know. amount of money, and you know, all of that. Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. anyway, so you know, we've got lights. We've got camera and then we have action. We've got Maggie Walsh watching Riley and Buffy in bed together, which, you know, gross, right? But like Mm -hmm. she's the director watching dailies and this Uh story is not going how she wants it to go. So she's going to reroute this, you Mm -hmm. know, this story of Riley and where his allegiance is. But it's Mm -hmm. through this control of visual media, control of the screens, control of the action. Um, And (laughs) Maggie watching Buffy's POV when she's fighting the demons in the sewer. She's like watching the monitor like with her mug. I just very much get this like, like maybe not, maybe not movie director, but maybe like, Mm -hmm. like, um, like awards show director. Sure. You know, right. like, so like cam, you got all the live stuff right? going on there. You got your yeah. live feed. It's like, okay, cut yeah. to the booth, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's so great. And then when she tries to lie, when she yeah. tries to act, she's terrible. Yes. She's she terrible. Oh, I should have stopped her. I blame myself, I Riley. Blame you know, myself. like it's Oh God, it's so All she needed was a fan and a fainting couch. Right? Right? Get this woman Mm -hmm. some smelling salts. No, she's (laughs) awful. Like, she cannot lie to save her life, which is funny. Except she lies all the time. Yeah, which is funny because that's kind of what they do at the initiative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why she doesn't like questions, because if nobody asks questions, she doesn't have to lie. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean... I'm sure that there's something really, really smart to be said about the initiative as yes. um, military, but I mm-hmm. would rather talk about the initiative as visual media and the way it oh, manipulates no, I us. Love it. <laughs> I love that, it. I love that whole perspective. The way the directors shape our stories and yeah. all of that and, and how horribly wrong that can go right. when they when they mess around with things they shouldn't. I'm not mm-hmm. quite clear. Like it sort of falls apart when she gets stabbed through the heart. Oh because yeah, that's... No, getting skewered through the heart that'll that'll ruin your day. Yeah, but that's I yeah. mean, and that's much more of the like twisted parent-child mm-hmm. relationship that we we're oh. hitting. Oh, gross! We're hitting so, so many hard. Ways. Gross. All it's, of it is just gross. It's really gross. It's really yes. gross. And when when I talk about plot soup. Mm-hmm. This is one of those like we had we had a light seasoning of yeah. the oh Walsh and Riley have this kind of parent child uh-huh. relationship kind of mm-hmm. like Reflecting Giles and, and Buffy, Buffy have this mm-hmm. kind of parent child relationship and like here it is in technology and here it is yeah. in magic and okay like I see what we're doing here mm-hmm. but suddenly with Adam you know and like how's our baby they dial it way up they over season it and then oh, riley yeah. says when they're at the bronze and the everybody's beepers go off and like first of all like calm down did everyone have to have a beeper <laughs> like, <laughs> well, i mean apparently they do yeah we're super thorough i guess Absolutely. at the initiative but riley says that's our cue Hello, you know, directorial yeah. um, sure. reference. 
But then he says, mother wants us. And I oh just need a tongue scraper. Like, I what need, I can't even say ass it. creepy-ass code name. I'm like, no, it's it's incredibly weird. And the fact that he says that without any sense of cringe. <laughs> and no sense of, like, ha-ha, you know, moms, right. am I right? Like, it's I'm not... Right. It's. I mean, and of course, that would be like misogynistic, shitty, whatever. But right, there's none of that. It's completely straight. It's forward. played straight. It's played straight as though that's not weird as fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, it is really weird. And why can't he just say Walsh? Why does she need a code name like Mother at the Bronze? And all of these boys, you know, <laughs> running off to Mother. Like that's that's creepy. Well, it's, I mean, it's definitely doing a thing. Like, oh, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You know, like meaning wise, mm-hmm. this idea that she has raised them all and it's not, it's not just, you know, they're good soldiers and this is right. military and structure and it's a family, mm-hmm. but like an authoritarian sort of a creepy. Don't ask yeah. questions, demon hunting family. And, and the, the <laughs> so you know, the notification reminders for him to take his vitamins. Okay, that's adorable. I'm sorry. That <laughs> that makes my heart go pity pat. I'm like, oh, baby. Oh, he's so taking sweet. his vitamins. I mean, but you know those vitamins are creepy as fuck. You oh, know it's there's creepy. something wrong. I mean, even before I watched the whole thing, I was like, oh, that's not... That's not you're good. like oh, you know, like oh he's, that's he's taking vitamins he's ingesting something that they gave him and he doesn't know what it is and like that's not gonna end well that's that never gonna end good. well we're not putting the vitamins in there to show Iowa boy doing a little self care that's not what this is <laughs> a for effort though Riley like a oh, for yeah. effort on the self care like I absolutely absolutely but, yeah yeah it's this. It's this gross parent-child, clearly mm-hmm. supposed to be toxic. We're not supposed to be like, oh, it's Aww. like she's his mom and Riley's her son. No, it's gross. When she's like, yeah, it is. you know, when she says, Riley, make me proud. Mm-hmm. She's already told Adam that he'll make her proud in this icky, again, like I'm really getting authoritarian parenting style here right no and like, it's just like and the fact is that and partially because of the context of the military like this would be creepy i think in any context but given this whole military vibe that they've got going on like that's so like counter to that whole vibe yeah that it, it almost like exacerbates the creep factor yeah because then you're a military family not and yeah. I don't mean I don't mean families of people who serve in the military. I mean mm. you run your family yes. like it's the military or question you mark run your military, military like, like it's, it's a, family. a family. But if, I mean I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Now I've never been in the military, <laughs> but my understanding from my friends who have is that that's not how that works. Generally. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and I mean, and I don't want Walsh to be all, like, warm and snuggly. It's actually something I really like about her. But then to suddenly right. introduce this, like, mommy, baby, right. mother mm-hmm. kind of a vibe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't. It it doesn't yeah. work for me. It feels it's heavy-handed. Good. It's over-seasoned. And then the evil monologuing. Oh, my God. <laughs> The constant whispering of sweet evil nothings and and Adam's human ear hole, like it's all, it's all really weird and and it is like the thing is that you can accomplish all the things that the plot soup needs without that particular seasoning. You know, they're putting curry in creme brulee, and it's not that curry ain't great where it belongs, but not in creme brulee. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Right? Very like right. Wow. Exactly. It's a visceral response because that shit's gross, you know. Um, And I'm sure somebody out there has had curried creme brulee and it was amazing. And I'm going to get an email. But the whole point is (laughs) weird shit. It's weird shit does not go together. (laughs) 
does not mix well. <laughs> it's I mean, yeah, yeah. This isn't this isn't so much plot soup as it is like stunt food. <laughs> it's like, uh, right. Right. Like, this is the kind of thing that when you eat it, somebody gives you a prize if you manage not to barf it up. That's what this is. This is challenge bar food is what it is. Oh so, God. yeah, it's not it's not good. And then the hole at the end with the <laughs> skewering her through the heart and saying, mommy, like, mommy. no, 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 hard no. no. OK. All right. Question. I yes. have so many questions. <laughs> I'm with Buffy on this episode. I have so many questions. Yeah, so many Adam, questions. Adam, mm-hmm. I get, okay, I get it. Like, he's, he's, they're doing Frankenstein's monster. He's like, whatever. He's, you know, pieces of various things. But why does he have this, like, diagonal stripe down the middle of his face? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, they took you a couldn't perfectly get a good... Whole head? Right. Yeah, like, they had a perfectly good demon face, and they just were yeah. like, no, we're just gonna, like, use part of it? Or Along what? with the cyborg elements. Like, let's not forget, it's not just half man, half demon Frankenstein All shit, right? <laughs> All cop, right? <laughs> But he's got, like, these, like, cyborg elements, these, like, you know, like, metal technology, all of it coming together in this really weird, creepy way. And and it doesn't, again, like, it doesn't go together, you know? It just, it feels really, really weird. And also calling him Adam. Like, Adam, I guess, like, I get, like, the first man kind of thing. Yeah. But, like... Adam does your taxes, right? Adam is not the guy with the Polgara skewer on one arm. Like, I could see, like, if they were going for the whole Frankenstein thing, they call him Victor, you know? Or they give him, like, a name that feels dangerous. Adam doesn't feel dangerous. It's possible because, like, I was married to an Adam once, and he was a lovely man. And so, like, I look at that, and I just think that's not the vibe. So maybe it's just me that, like, I get the very sweet, you know, incredibly kind person has an association with a name like Adam. Well, Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, And Adam, I mean, Adam in the Bible, Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on whose version you, you subscribe to is basically innocent. He basically doesn't do anything. He's like, oh, the woman, the woman gave it to me. Right. He is blameless in all. It's the snake and the lady that bring him mm-hmm. down yeah yeah so there's that so he's not particularly what actiony <laughs> he is acted yeah. upon he's a um, passive protagonist sure and- <laughs> <laughs> my only goal is to have things not change and live in this garden forever <laughs> like, exactly <that's> not- <laughs> all i wanted to do was hang out naked in the garden with my wife and have no knowledge or questions right so i guess in that way i guess in that way adam might be appropriate here but like adam has always been such a weird name for this monster thing and there is kind of that clash of expectations it's almost it's almost absurdly funny yeah the idea that this monster is called you know adam right um but well, I feel like there should be something like a deeper meaning there or some kind of like, you know, thematic resonance. Well, Adam and I'm Walsh. I'm not really getting that. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the oh, Adam Walsh right. kidnapping case, but that's oh, all I got. Right. That's and all that's, I got. Yeah, I, I don't think that's an association no. that they intended to make. I mean, and this is not a true crime podcast. There are right. lots of those. Have fun, there are but lots of those enjoy. Yes. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like bad writing it, it, it all <laughs> questionable feels, it feels like writing that is actually antagonistic to itself you know like <laughs> it's like the writing is like oh this little thing we have is working let's fuck with that and make it weird you know um <laughs> m- mommy let's yeah. make it weird mommy <laughs> let's make it weird mommy um one of the things that i love though in this episode although buffy buffy is kind of you know riding along on the surf of the initiative and all of this stuff trying to figure everything out she's playing well with all of these guys you know she's trying to you know ask questions and and figure out what's going on and all that kind of stuff and so she's sort of kind of like doing that you know that thing 
that people do when they get a new boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other of some sort that they throw themselves into it. They spend all their time with them. She's, you know, uh, clearly ignoring Willow. Willow has got some shit going on. We are going to get to that. Um, and so Willow feels, you know, neglected and sidelined. And I don't really love that, but, you know, it's it's a, it's such a common phenomenon that, like, you know, you have to respect that that's the way it goes when people first get together. They want to spend all of their time together and it becomes this obsessive thing. Um, but the moment in the end of this episode when Buffy gets on the camera and is like, hey, bitch, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the whole run of the series. I love that. I think it's so great. You don't even know what a Slayer is, but you're going to find out. No shit. I love and I mean, that. And like, obviously, yes, 100%. Mm -hmm. Buffy is absolutely right. Like, does Walsh, like, really? Like, Walsh is yeah. going to put her up against two demons with axes. And that. Sure. I'm, I'm and that's going like, to kill Buffy. I'm going to lock the Slayer in a sewer with demons, which is right. every day, which is basically just another Tuesday for Buffy. Right. You know? Especially yeah. when, especially when Maggie has put her through this trial yes. where she's like bested the guys in 45 seconds or whatever right. and used yeah. one of them as a human shield. I know. <laughs> and which everyone is, awesome. is cool with that. <laughs> but, right. but like and she knows like she she knows what Buffy I mean she's seen Buffy in action and thought that these demons were just bananas. gonna take her down it doesn't it is, like it doesn't make Walsh look as smart as we have been informed she is as far as evil plans go yes that's a bad yes. one this is why this is why I hate this episode they had mm -hmm. such a great villain in yeah. Maggie Walsh, and this episode makes her look incompetent. Stupid. Yes, ab stupid, creepy, you know, uh, yes. insane. Cre and creepy yeah. not in a fun way, like not, not the fun, fun creepy. creepy. It's just no. creepy. It's just unsettling. It's we don't have a precedent for this. Exactly. Uh, it's anyway. Just, it's just icky. And then we've got Riley. And Riley, <laughs> Riley when Xander uh, calls him a big oaf in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, yeah that pretty much, that pretty much does it. And he's, you know, and then, you know, we calls Walsh mother. It's, it's That's weird. Like that, you know, that's <laughs> all weird. And, you know, in the military, they learn not to question orders, you know, or think that mother is a creepy code name, I guess, like or have any <laughs> critical thought at all. Of any kind, right? right. Um, all of it is just a little bit weird. And the sex... The, okay, so the show is associating sex with violence, right? We have that line, you know, from back in season three where Faith is like, isn't it crazy how slain just always makes you hungry and horny? And mm -hmm. Buffy's like, sometimes I crave a low-fat yogurt afterward, you know? Oh. Um, and that's all very cute. But clearly here we are seeing they are editing, you know, they're cross-editing these two scenes, the fighting together to take down the demon and the having sex immediately afterward. Um, and let me just do a little aside here. What the fuck with these sheets? Okay. Okay, look, this is the three beat of the burgundy sex sheets. We had them in Angel's apartment in Surprise and Innocence. We had them in uh, Parker's apartment in whatever stupid episode had her messing with Parker. Um, and then we have them again now. And I feel like, what is it with these sheets? Did all of these boys just read the same like issue of Cosmo that said, you want to get the girl? Get the burgundy sheets. Like, was there a sale at Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> like, what is what is the issue with these sheets? They're all the, they're the exact same sheets. <laughs> the thing that I keep picturing is just a bunch of folks behind the camera going, oh, you know what would look really sexy? Burgundy <laughs> sheets. You know, like... I mean, which you can't honestly, fuck on blue sheets. I mean, let's just talk about it, right? Yeah. You can't fuck on blue sheets. It's no, you can't. I mean, obviously, I don't, I doesn't don't, work. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, the thing is, like, I always go back to that thing that you were talking about. Like, you've been talking about this from early on, from like, oh, the dark, like the red, the red. Oh yeah, you know, equals yeah. sex. Like red is a color in cinema that symbolizes sex. Something I didn't know before we did this together. So thank you so much for that little bit of yeah, education. Yeah, sex and danger and power right. and i mean it's a 
it's a powerful color across cultures too i mean it's good fortune it's Mm -hmm. wealth it's all of these things and all of these like but it's a big deal red is a big deal so yeah i don't know these boys like trying to make themselves seem more passionate than they are i don't know i have no idea they have the same sheets it's like angel (laughs) gave them to parker and parker gave them to riley and i'll bet scott hope had him for a little while just with his fingers crossed maybe that cloud will do some do me some good just on his hope chest on his hope chest he's got the he's got the fuck sheets so like i don't I don't know, like, and, and like, clearly it's a deliberate choice. Clearly the people who were doing the set design were like, oh, she's going to fuck. Got to have the sex sheets, you know, um, break out I mean, the sex sheets, buddy. Yeah, I don't. I, but why? Like, it's such a weird thing and such a specific thing to have all of these <laughs> boys have the same sheets on their bed when they have sex with Buffy. I, I don't know. It's just it, it struck me as so weird. I'm spending way too much time talking about it. Oh no. It. Well, like about you're spending <laughs> you're spending way too much time talking about the sheets so we don't have to talk about the actual sex which is probably the second most awkward sex in the entire series. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous and it makes me so sad. Aww. And I will tell you why. Because Sarah Michelle Geller can have chemistry with anybody anybody <laughs> even riley but wait you said there was a uh, more awkward sex than this what was that <laughs> the most awkward sex is uh james marsters doing push-ups in bed because <laughs> ostensibly he's having sex with invisible buffy invisible buffy and gone in season six i mean I, I cannot yes. Yes. It's ridiculous. No, it is. Just... It is. But you know what? You know what? Fucking Marsters committed to that shit. Like that yes. had to be just the weirdest thing for him. And he he did it. So God bless the man. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there in a little while. So this is a really awkward weird scene and it's not just the intercutting although yes it is that but it's also like the music that they have under it what is is that music someone thought that was sexy i guess very tense kind of (laughs) yeah it's It's... like arty porn but in the early aughts I don't right. know. And the only I, thing we're missing is Riley with like a plumber's hat and a pizza box. And then, well, see, yeah, no, that would be bad. That would be like <laughs> legit terrible porn. I'm thinking of like, like someone, someone has done a a porn parody, presumably of this very episode. Oh, really? I I do not know this. I do not speak from knowledge or experience here. But it it just ha- <laughs> it just whiffs of we are trying mm-hmm. to be artsy uh-huh. and like create a a feeling. And if this works for you, if this intercutting and this like this particular terrible sex works for you, please please tell me why. Like oh, I would love to know why. why. I because. <laughs> I want to be supportive. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I'll be confused and supportive, but I want to be supportive. But for my money, this yeah. sex scene is so awkward and it makes me <laughs> so sad because Sarah Michelle Geller is beautiful. Mark mm-hmm. Lucas is beautiful. They have no chemistry. I know. I know. None. They have none yeah. chemistry. It's so yeah. sad. It is so clunky. And, yeah. and there's why why do we get a shot of him removing her boot? I because because footwear is something I don't I don't know. I mean I mean that's not that's not my case. And then her like kissing the tip of his finger and I'm like yeah. Because I'm like, they can't wow. have her suck on his finger. On oh she goes TV. for it though. Like she's she- just kissing <laughs> she fucking goes for it i'm like okay that's i mean you know and that's like yeah that's sarah michelle geller for you guys but like you know what yes and by the way you know hats off to the commitment right yeah i mean they're there and they're doing it and they're you know so yeah awkward it's so awkward and the thing that makes me so sad Mm-hmm. Besides the like, these are two very pleasing to my eyes humans, yes. and I would like to yes. see them 
be pleasing to my eyes together, possibly right. overlapping. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing that makes makes me very, very sad about this scene and this sequence is we know who this should be. We know mm-hmm. who we should have gotten a sequence like this with Faith Lahane. You guys. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. You guys. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like how, like, all of the scholarship just goes down the tubes when there's, <sighs> like, hot people getting it on? I'm like, come on. Really? Honestly. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, absolutely. Because Faith was the one who always brought up the hungry and horny thing. Yeah. You know, and her and Buffy doing the synchronized slaying and all that stuff together. Like, and it yeah. was so great. And then for yeah. them to like. And they had chemistry. They had all the chemistry. Yeah. I mean, dang, mm-hmm. dang. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's weird. I feel like we're trying to say something about sex and violence beyond yeah. what we've already said. And it doesn't work for me. No, no. It's not good. And meanwhile, of course, we have Forrest, who is um, oh clearly jealous. <laughs> Poor Forrest. Oh, my God. Forrest <laughs> being all the way jealous of Buffy. It's so and like, sad. And he chose a girl. I mean, I'm like, Forrest, <laughs> are you five years old? Like, what is No, he's very, very, very gay, Lonnie. Oh, That's what it is. okay. His boyfriend has a new girlfriend, <laughs> and he does not like it. <laughs> He is heartbroken. He is heartbroken. And because toxic masculinity is so toxic, the only way he can express that is through anger and disgust. And I cannot believe we have gotten this far in the Buffy Riley Forrest triad. And I haven't talked about the queer subtext with Forrest because. Oh, let's talk about it. I mean, it's like it's it's barely even subtext. Um, Uh, It is. It's barely subtext. I mean, Forrest, who a few episodes back was trying to make fetch happen with the whole mattressable idea. (laughs) I mean, the last time (laughs) the last time we had that kind of like true nonsense from a guy, it was Larry trying to misogyny his way out of the gay. Like, that's not you can't. You cannot misogyny the gay away. It doesn't right. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it's Forrest, not good. Yeah, Forrest is just, you know, he is so sick of hearing Riley talk about Buffy. And he just, uh, he is so pissy about the whole thing. And Forrest mm-hmm. is glaring at Buffy and grousing yeah. to Graham at every opportunity you know, I know, Riley- but Graham's face, though, the whole time, Graham I is like, Graham. I know you're in love with him. <laughs> I love Graham. We don't get very much Graham. But I really... He's adorable. I, I love him. And he, he's such a great contrast to mm-hmm. Forrest being so jealous. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love his little awesome Buffy at the beginning yeah. after he gets his ass <laughs> handed to him. He is the sweetest. Out of Riley, Forrest, and Graham, Graham is my favorite. Maybe Buffy should date Graham. Oh, yeah, that should be the right? guy. Oh, my God. Yes. Graham mm. just seems Graham just seems happy to be here, happy to be supporting his friends. Sweet. He would just like everyone to calm down. Yes. And, you know, can we like focus on the mission? You're in, yeah. you know, <laughs> he puts you in command. Just, you know, he's just cool doing it. The thing. He's just there doing the job. And he's so, so sweet. Shout out, Graham. I see you. Shout out, Graham. I see you. You know, <laughs> and Forrest, like, it's okay, man. There are lots of boys it's in the okay. initiative. Odds are. Exactly. <laughs> like, odds you know are. What? I'm very sorry for Forrest that he fell in love with a straight man, you know, because that's yeah. got to be really, really hard. Yeah. And I can completely understand that. I can, I, I, you know, I sympathize with that. But also, like, he's just such an asshole in every other way. And it's, you know, and the thing is, like, when Larry was doing that shit in high school, you're like, yeah, it's terrible. And Larry's a jerk. But, you know, he's in high school. He's very, very young. These guys are supposed to be, like, in their mid-20s. There should be a certain level of maturity that you gained by then. I mean, not a lot. Theoretically. You know, I don't expect but... everything. But, like, this is, this is like, seven-year-old, you know, Forrest. Like, he's just going with a girl. What's he like a girl for? <laughs> Ew, gross. Why is he with girls? I don't understand. Like, um, it's just... 
it's just a little bit a little bit much and and the thing is is that and this is like it's it's okay to have that like when you have that with larry like we know that the show knows that larry's like something's off with larry right you know and eventually we find out but like i feel like the show doesn't know that this is (laughs) really like the forest is clearly gay like i feel like the show is actually representing forest as like you know, as like just a, a a guy, just a straight guy who loves other guys, you know? <laughs> but like, not in a gay way. Like, but not like, a gay way. Like, oh, that's really interesting that the that mm-hmm. the show is like doing. The, the show forest. is like this is male relationship. This is how male relationship works. You know? Also, no homo. Like it's uh, really right. weird. Right. It's, that's it an interesting strange. interpretation. That's a very interesting interpretation of Forrest as like the no homo of yeah Buffy the Vampire Slayer like yeah yeah like I'm jealous of this girl but not because she's dating Riley <laughs> like, exactly not because she gets to cuddle up in those amazing arms every night and be on those bed sheets <laughs> that I bought for him by the way I went with him to Bed Bath and Beyond and when he forgot his debit card I bought those for him not because I wanted to have sex with him on them. I just thought they'd look good in his bed. Like <laughs> with his caramel skin and his golden hair. <clears throat> and those sweet blue Iowa eyes. Yeah. It's, well, and, like, um, and literally that is the only sexy moment in that sex scene is when Buffy is on top and we get Riley on the sheets yeah. looking yeah. all, you know. Looking all can, like, I can't believe yeah. I got this girl. And no, Riley, neither can we. No, but, no one can believe it. Good job. Good for you. Good for you. Well done. Well done, Iowa. Um, all right. So speaking of other people who are getting a little getting a little mattressy to getting steal mattress-y. something from Forrest um, oh, is, is Tara and Willow. I, I mean, this whole thing is really sweet. I love it. I love oh, it. No. I mean, and speaking of the show, maybe not entirely knowing what they're doing um the doll's eye crystal you guys like okay so here's this girl that i just met in my wicca group okay like i literally just met her and we moved a vending machine it was amazing i'm going to give her this priceless heirloom heirloom. this priceless family heirloom i'm going to give it to her because we have had zero dates and i am in love and she is my future wife like oh my god this is the doll's eye crystal exchange that whole exchange that is lesbian culture right there really yes that's hey i just met you and this is crazy but here's my donor let's have a baby like it's (laughs) the i mean (laughs) I yes, thought that it's was a lesbian stereotype. Is that actual lesbian culture? Well, I mean, stereotypes are based in some mm, kind okay. of some reality. reality. Not always, yeah. but often. Okay. I mean, and I, obviously, I cannot speak for all lesbians. I can barely speak for myself as a lesbian. I'm still coming out as a lesbian, you guys. This is like Willow and I are in this together, okay? It's a because whole process. It's a yes. process. It's a meat process. There um, you go. It's a meat process. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, you just hit me with the Double Meat Palace. Oh, yeah. And it killed me. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. Double Meat Palace <laughs> is delightful. That's oh, and we are living discussion. in the world of Double Meat Palace now. The, all of those veggie burgers that now like, oh, right. taste and look burger. and bleed like meat. Or not the okay. Beyond Burger, the Impossible yeah. Burger. Or the Impossible. Have you impossible. had one? No. They're fantastic. I'm- <laughs> I, I this is gonna come as a shock it is impossible but it tastes like meat <laughs> and it's probably not any better for the environment but it's pretty cool but yeah. it's pretty cool i mean it's pretty cool yeah go flavor scientists there you go <laughs> do that thing yes. um I love, by the way, that we started off talking about lesbians and we ended up talking about vegetarianism. It's just like, we're so good at this, Lonnie. You never know where the conversation is going to go on Still Pretty. Oh, my God. But also, Mm -hmm. like, okay. But, like, seriously, stereotypes aside, like, it feels very, this this unbalanced force of the Willow-Terra relationship is something that feels, oh, God, so painfully real. 
Um, oh, you know, yeah. Tara, I mean, Tara is like all in. Tara's like, here is this mm-hmm. family heirloom. It's super magical. <laughs> it was probably my grandmother's. I want you to have it. And it Willow. It was probably my grandmother's. I found it in the attic. <laughs> yeah. And Willow is like, um, er, uh, I want to introduce this person to my friends, but not really because I know that this relationship is something and more than friends, but I don't know what it is because I have not had a relationship with a girl before. Like, it's so, it's so recognizable. And I think it's probably, possibly, I was going to say possibly not unique to queer relationships, although I Mm -hmm. would imagine much more common in queer relationships Mm -hmm. because that isn't something that we're presented with from a very young age as a possibility so if you are a girl and you find yourself surprise sometimes yeah (laughs) you find yourself yeah in this suddenly in a relationship with a girl but at this point though i mean they've they've already at least kissed right i mean you think so we haven't well and i mean and that's another thing like we haven't seen anything of this relationship other than well, they've done spells Barricade. together. They've barricaded a door and they floated a rose and yanked all the petals off, which yeah. first and second base. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> like- <laughs> so I think that they definitely have because, of course, we have Willow, you know, returning to the dorm, wearing the same clothes from the night before after having gone to visit with Tara. And when she goes to see Tara after the the busted up, you know, bronze meet mm-hmm. um, and Tara opens the door and lets her in mm-hmm. like they definitely had sex that yeah. night. But I think they at least kissed prior to this. I think that there's been at least a little something. A little you know, something, something. A little yeah. something, something, a little build up. A little build up, you know, get Willow kind of used to the idea, you know, that this is a, this is a thing in which she is engaging now. And she has this whole like, you know, awkward thing with Buffy because Buffy's in this new relationship and Willow's got stuff going on, but she can't doesn't feel like she can really talk to Buffy about it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah it's it's you know, it's kind of neat. And then, of course, when Willow does the spell. Over at Giles's, you know, oh, to interrupt the ionization or whatever, that she's using the doll's eye crystal. Oh, my God. I love that I yeah. didn't catch that because I was oh, like, yeah, I was like, what what is happening? Are we just doing this <laughs> so that like just to to give our hair people something to do something to do? It was that a cute one joke. bag. It was a cute joke, but she was using that crystal oh, man. when she was doing the spell. And that was really Willow. sweet. I, oh, that was baby. really sweet. That's, you know? that, yeah. I'm awash with feelings. That's a lot. I know. That's, <laughs> That's a, a, it's lot. a lot. It's a but, lot. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, but the Willow the Willow Terra relationship is I mean, it's interesting and noteworthy for lots of reasons. Um, but one of the reasons that I that I experience and that I hear other queer women express mm-hmm. is that it feels very authentic oh, in terms so glad. of the like at least at least on the <laughs> at least on the uh, you know we just met I love you so much you know <laughs> front and then also on the I know this is more than a friendship, but I don't know how to think about it or talk about it to myself. So I don't know that I can articulate it to a friend Mm -hmm. necessarily. It's that there's this like edge of sort of self-knowledge that you just, it's like you got to take the leap of faith and be like, no, (laughs) no, I really do have feelings for this person yeah (laughs) and I just so I have a I have a lot of empathy for Willow and her struggle Mm -hmm. to try to integrate this thing that she has with Tara that is truly magical Mm -hmm. I mean they are they are powerful magic together trying to integrate that into her other friend group who you know they're magical at times they're magic adjacent but they're not practicing witchcraft they're not doing spells together in the way that willow wants to do spells euphemistically doing spells no i mean literally but you know right 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 they're not they're not spell buddies yeah um (laughs) and tara you know she's deliberately keeping tara separate 
from, you know, from the Scooby group. Um, yeah. And like compartmentalizing that part of her life, which I think I don't know, like I don't have the experience. But I mean, that sounds to me like something that when you're not sure about this one particular part of your life, keeping it compartmentalized, separating it off for a little bit, letting it be like a special private space, I think makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also I mean, this is this is a lot this is way off course for this podcast, but I think there's a lot of interesting discussion to be had around the idea of coming out and whether mm-hmm. people should come out or whether, you know, yeah, whether that's a good idea or whether you owe it to your friends or you owe it to yourself or your family or whomever. Like there's mm-hmm. there are conversations that are adjacent to this subplot well, on I mean, the, the show. presumption the presumption like i don't know if you've seen the movie love simon no have you seen that they have a scene in that movie in which um the the guy the gay kid is you know imagining all of his straight friends having to come out to their parents as straight you know because it's something <laughs> that straight people don't like there's the presumption of straightness that that default yep. de facto space and yeah, I think that that's definitely something. I I think that people like my experience with my friends who have like come out to me is that, you know, they this is who they are and they want to be seen for everything, seen and loved and accepted for everything that they are. And I think that everybody has that right to be able to like not have to hide who they are. At the same time, the presumptive idea that everybody is straight and if you're not then you have to come out and it's this whole thing you know um sexuality is confusing for everyone you know like it's it's a confusing process like all the way along and then to have that additional you know societal pressure um that you have to you have to make a whole big deal about telling everybody the specific ways in which you like to have sex um feels <laughs> feels like a, a such a burden to have to carry and it really is unfair it's i mean it's ridiculous we will mm-hmm. talk about it more as we get into yeah. willow's story but mm-hmm. i just Again, I mean, in the in the things the show did really well, but not on purpose. (laughs) She's clearly Willow is clearly having some some feelings, some she is, you know, some some challenging feelings within herself that maybe she is not entirely comfortable sharing with not Buffy. quite ready just yet not quite ready <laughs> and i definitely definitely understand that um so another thing in this episode that i really enjoy of course is you know we have like lonnie's spike moment lonnie's moment of spike this weekend spike i fucking love spike um i love his whole thing i love when giles comes to him and gives him the money and he's like get out i hate you you're ugly and you smell bad go away and then as soon as he needs help who does he go to Giles. And then Giles like, why should I help you? And Spike is sitting there like, I mean, reminding me of my students when I say, okay, so what are the three things that define a protagonist? And they stare at me blankly and then go, oh, 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 you know, Um, because I helped you. And then Giles is like, no. Why should I help you? And he's like, because I paid you. And it's like, oh, you know. Um, I love that whole thing. Like, you're the goody good guys. You're the bloody freaking cavalry, you know. <laughs> and then when he has to give Giles his money back, and he's like, you right bastard. You know, I I love all of it. I love his his entitlement of evil. You know, just like this sense that, like, you have to help me because you're good, you know, like it doesn't even occur to him that these people may not be fond of him, you know, um, or that it, his, their their lack of fondness for him and affection for him matters. You know, he's like, you're just good. That's what you do. You're <laughs> stupid and good. And, you know, it's so incredibly cute. And, you know, but he knows that they'll help him because they always help the helpless. And he is completely helpless at this point. Um, it's just I love the whole dynamic and I love every word that comes out of his mouth in this episode. He is so funny trying mm-hmm. to like play both sides the I'm evil I don't care about you I never want to see you again and then I'm gonna stick around in Sunnydale until they fix me it's like no you're gonna stick around because you like it like because you love Buffy yep and you're not like 
Yeah, and you know what? You actually kind of enjoy the rest of them, too. Like, he really does. It's so funny. He's so... (laughs) And you know he knows it, and he's trying to hide Mm -hmm. it, because Spike is one of the most self-aware characters on this show. (laughs) Well, to a certain degree, he's still not going to realize he's in love with Buffy until next season, but... Um, so he has that, that where, but I think that like, I think part of him likes them and also likes, um, hating them, you know, like enjoys, (laughs) enjoys despising them, you know, and it's just, it's just hate watching a show. It is. It is. It's those characters we love to hate, you know, hate watching. He's got a Cersei Lannister thing going on, you know, um, fascinated and yet, ugh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, well, speaking of, ugh, let's talk a little bit about Xander. Okay. Just when Xander's getting good, just when Xander starts to get good, they pair him with Anya, who is awesome. And I love Anya and I love her whole, I'm an ex-demon. I'm not down with these initiative guys. It ain't cool for me. Right? I choose to feel threatened. You know, that whole thing, which so is great. just adorable. But Xander, you know, trying to sell the Wonka bars or whatever. And um, <laughs> and then when Anya's like, I don't see why you have to do this. And he goes, let me put this in a way you'll understand. Sell bars, make money, take Anya nice places, buy pretty things. And this is just the beginning of the ways in which he will condescend to her um, throughout the run of this program. And I love Xander. And Xander is just getting, you know, my heart back after disappointing me gravely in the first three seasons. (laughs) And then the way that he talks to her, I absolutely hate it. It's real bad. It's it's really bad. And. In the same episode that we do this adorable thing for Xander of giving him like a new hustle every week. Yes. No, I, I love like... that. It's like Kirk on Girl- Gilmore Girls. It's so cute. He's trying. Like I he know. really is. He is not just moping in the basement. He That's is trying. Right. <laughs> but then he has to condescend to his ex-demon girlfriend and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate. It's I not like it. good. I hate the way he talks to her. Like it. You know, and she doesn't slap him. She's just like, oh, okay, that's good. I approve. Now go. You know, um, <laughs> and I just like, I hate the, the way he talks to her from here until they break up. Yeah. Like, it just makes me crazy. Yeah. It so, makes my yeah. punching arm real twitchy. Oh, yeah. No, it real twitchy. does. It absolutely not good. does. It's not good. <laughs> All right, so Noelle, what are you wearing this week? <laughs> well, apparently the same sheets that every goddamn boy. <laughs> all Un- them boys. Believable. All them, all them boys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got. I got distracted by the plot soup. I don't have a I'm lot for meaningful clothing choices well, although Buffy's halter top is very nice I oh Buffy's halter top halter a lot yeah mm-hmm. I do appreciate them calling out Buffy patrolling in her halter top and being totally chill with it yeah oh exactly. yes I've patrolled in this halter many times like she's many times totally comfortable um <laughs> I think this episode is the only time it is the first and last time that we see Maggie Walsh wear a skirt Mm-hmm. Um, because of course we are trying to put her in this feminine role of mother and Ugh. no thank you. Yes. <laughs> but there's not, I mean, there's not a lot going on. No, nope. you know, a lot, a lot of guys in camo. There's not, not a, a lot, whole lot happening. Dudes there. in camo. Oh, although we didn't talk about the horrible, horrible. I mean, before we get to the horrible sex, we have the horrible yes. sex wordplay about Buffy's visit to the initiative. Oh, wait, did I miss sex wordplay in the initiative? We missed, yeah. So they're standing in front of the mirror. Yes, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. I want to. I'm ready. Retinal scan. And then they have to play it up. That was stupid. That was stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. They could have played up the through the looking glass thing, which I mentioned at the top of the show, and should talk about a little bit just Mm -hmm. this idea of going into a world where everything is mm-hmm. backwards at least right. mm-hmm. at least from buffy's perspective you yeah. know cuz buffy is all about working 
I don't want to say alone, but maybe primarily alone. Yeah. But with mm-hmm. this team of people. Right. Um, asking lots of questions, figuring out why the demon's here. What do they mm-hmm. want? What are the, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And here she goes, you know, she goes through the looking glass. The elevator yes. door is a mirror mm-hmm. um, into the initiative where questioning is not welcome. You wear a yeah. uniform. You don't get to wear your kicky halter top. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, we don't we don't care about why or what's going on with the demons. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in thinking outside right. of any box at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I guess I guess that's where I get with the what are you wearing is Buffy's halter top as representative of her existing outside of this regimented. Yeah. Ask no questions. Mm-hmm. Initiative situation and the weirdness yes absolutely yep. all right well i guess it's time for you know what oh not with a girl pal big all right so what is your girl power moment of the week <laughs> buffy picking up the com cam the communications <laughs> camera in case yes. we didn't get it thank you riley um you know speaking directly into the camera Mm-hmm. If you think that's enough to kill me, you really don't know what a slayer is. And I'm oh just like, hell God. yeah, that's I right. Know. I Bring know. it. That fucking rocks. I love that. So moment. good. It's so, so good. Great. It makes this episode almost worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one moment makes this episode worth it. All right. So, Noel, what is your favorite part? I love Giles, Anya, and Xander operating on Spike. <laughs> I especially love drunk spike passed out while they're all leaning over him trying to figure out what's going on with this thing in his back it's so it's so great i I love this team of enthusiastic amateurs who are like yeah we can just operate on spike no big deal (laughs) first of all when spike shows them his back right yes you can see this little red dot through his t-shirt so there's like a hole in his t-shirt and the red dot doesn't look like blood like it's very circular so it looks like whatever they tagged him with is right on the surface and yet giles has to go like inches deep into his back with a scalpel to get this thing out it's so funny and also there wasn't a hole in his jacket who (laughs) even even knows the jacket when he got shot (laughs) I'm like, you know, I understand you don't want to damage the duster. It's a very yeah. special duster. And one of these days we'll find out exactly where it came from in season five. Um, but yeah, it's. Ugh, oh, I, I thought know. you were speaking about costume department. No, no, no. You mean spoilery. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, no, right. I mean, well, the duster don't... is a plot point. Uh, right. At this it. point, we don't know what the duster is. But I mean, obviously, we don't want Spike's duster to be damaged. No. But when he's running, he's wearing the duster. They shoot him through the duster. This <laughs> magical piece of whatnot goes into his back, cuts his shirt, not the duster, and also is red and sticking out of his back and yet takes hours and a bottle of whiskey to get to. <laughs> it's just, it was a weird Plot little detail. Soup. Plot soup. Soup. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I got to say my favorite part clearly is, you know, if you think that's enough to kill me. I love that moment from Buffy. And that is my favorite part of this whole thing. And it's always the part that I remember when I think of the I and team. I'm like, ooh, this is the one where Buffy slaps Professor Walsh. And it's nice. You know, um, because also then we get to know that Professor Walsh is evil. But then, you know, Professor Walsh is immediately skewered and, you know, whatever. We don't even get to, like, have a showdown. Bad, bad decisions. I know. So much potential. (laughs) Favorite part turned into a mild disappointment. But, you know, shit happens. Whatever. All right, if you enjoyed this conversation, would like to join in, come find us on Twitter. I am at Lonnie Dine Rich, and Noelle is at Noelle Allowed, and the hashtag is still pretty. This episode of Still Pretty was brought to you by the Chipperish Media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Pretty is coming to you free and ad-free right now, so thank you to our November producers. Jonathan, Noelle, Kristen, Alyssa, Erica, Shelley, Alice, Abigail, and Sarah. And this week's special message for our power producers. 
Everyone's getting spanked but me. <laughs> to find out how you too can support Chipperish Media, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or neutralize the patrol team in 28 seconds. I decided that you were going to say to find out how you two can spank Noelle. <laughs> and I'm like, um, that's a higher level of patronage than I think. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that level yet. All yet. Emphasis on yet. <laughs> Noelle, it is entirely up to you what you're willing to do to get us patron support. <laughs> Oh, don't think I won't do it. If there's someone out there in the greater Seattle area who wants to pay Chipperish Media, I don't know, she wanted dollars a month to spank me. We'll have a talk. Chat. All right. So am I editing that out or am I keeping that in? Oh, Jesus. God, no. Please. All right. Close us out. We will be back next time with Goodbye, Iowa, the 14th episode of season four. Until then, I don't want you crawling back here, knocking on my door, pleading for help the second teen witch's magic goes all wonky or little Xander cuts a new tooth. We're through. You got it? Back at the dorm, Willow returns the next morning wearing the same clothes from the day before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have to do that so excitedly. I can. Oh, no, I love it. Okay. <laughs> she and Buffy have an awkward moment and then Buffy gets beeped by the initiative. Hey, oh, Walsh sends <laughs> Buffy on a <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all downhill once I've done my happy little lesbian sex dance. So let me just back it up to the beginning of this summary section. You're delightful. Don't change a thing. I am backing it all the way up just to give you editing options because I am a giver. Thank you, sweetheart. (laughs) I'm a... I am a tender and generous partner and also thorough. You are. You are. I know it's going at the end of this show. Oh, hello.